podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome today to episode 159. Today, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about Black Friday, but really what we're going to talk about is the so-called most wonderful time of the year uh, it's the most wonderful time of, of the year, year. It, <laughs> it's the holiday shopping season it used to just be the holiday season yeah we turn christmas time into christmas presents well dude we, we turn the holiday season into the holiday shopping season Dude, if we can find a way to make money off of it as a society, mm-hmm. that's typically the way that we will go. Yeah, and there's nothing inherently wrong with making money, no. but when we... When it's the primary drive, when that's the main focus, you, well, you spoil, a, you know, an otherwise, you know, nice time of the year where people feel warm and fuzzy and you've got Christmas music playing and people building snowmen and sledding. Like, I remember... Uh, I just remember Christmas. It was different when I was a kid, man. And I understand that I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So that's why Christmas, it's one of the main reasons why Christmas was different. But um, but but it, it definitely wasn't, I feel like it wasn't as... Commodified? Uh, yeah, commodified, commercialized. But even then, I mean, it was... It, it that, still was. That, that was the beginnings of it, really. Yeah. I mean, especially in the 80s yeah. when... when we just started bringing in all the 80s and, and then the 90s. But you and I grew up in the 80s and we started bringing in all of these really cheap goods from overseas. Yeah. And we, for the first time, had these giant discount stores. Um, whether it was, I mean, Kmart was around before we were even born, but then it was the mega stores like like Walmart. Yeah. And... We, we we started placing emphasis on the objects. Right. It's the objectification of the holiday season. And what is the, the premier example of commodifying the holidays? Mm-hmm. It's that one day of the year, Black Friday. Now, you and I, we used to be in retail, mm-hmm. and we managed a bunch of retail stores, and do you remember what it was like? Just Thanksgiving Day for us, even. We, we got miserable. the day off. Yeah, it was miserable for me. But why was it miserable? Well, dude, I, we had to be at work at 4 o'clock in the morning. The following day. On Black Friday. Yeah. Because our stores opened at 6 or 7 or whenever they opened in the morning. But we had to be at work at 4 so we could go around to the neighboring retail stores that also had their Black Friday sales the going anchor on. stores. Yes. And we would go there to their lines where people were camped out and hanging out waiting for the stores to open and we would hand out coffee and donuts and of course flyers directing them to our store with after... coupons. Yes, with coupons directing them to our store after they uh, after they did their initial Black Friday shopping. It's weird. We were, it- we were totally cool with being 
sloppy seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the, but what, the reason why that sucked is because on Thanksgiving, like I specifically remember going to my grandma's house one year. We we're having an awesome Thanksgiving. We're playing euchre. Like it's just it's we're having you know just a good family time. But then like six p.m. rolled around, and I'm like, oh, I have to go home and go to bed now. Like because I can't, you have to get up crazier, right? Like I can't, I can't really stay here and enjoy this experience with you. This one of the three days off that you know we had a year, right? It was like I couldn't even enjoy it because it was cut short because I had to get up so early for Black Friday. It's weird because we would go to those big box stores to Target and Best Buy and Kohl's and all of these these places, Sears that used to be a store. Oh my god! Um, and we would hand out those coupons, mm-hmm. and it was. It's the one time, one day of the year where people are such, they're so frantic. They're in a frenzy of consumerism yeah. that they'll happily accept. It's the one day where not, they'll just say, yeah, give me your stupid coupon, go away. They happily say, yes, give me whatever deals you have. Yeah. What cheap plastic things can you sell me today? And as long as I get a discount, then I want in i feel like i'm part of and it's weird it's 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 the worst kind of tribalism in a way where we where we we surround ourselves with people whose common goal is to buy things they don't need Mm. and then we get sucked into it well it's not even the um well i shouldn't say it's not even but i so a piece of it is buying stuff we don't need but another piece of it too man is people love the hunt Mm. they love the deals man like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone, you know, they go to uh, uh, one Black Friday, we had a customer come into our retail store, into the cell phone store, mm-hmm. and they were talking about how they got like 15 HDMI cables for like, you know, five bucks <laughs> because of this Black Friday special mixed with, I mean, it was just ridiculous. And I'm like, what do you do with all those? Well, I don't know. I got extra cables now. I can, someone needs one. I could give them to them. Wow. What? What? Is, but, uh, but it's. But it was the thrill of the hunt. It really wasn't the HDMI cable. Right. right. It was this thrill of I'm getting something for free, um, or I'm getting something at a at a heavily discounted rate. Therefore, I am you know somehow my I am jumping up with my finances <laughs> because I've saved all this money. Right. Right. Well, and and the, the truth is that you've spent all this money. You haven't saved money. It's, right. It, yeah, it's a hundred percent off if you refuse to buy it. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you are actually parting with your money, and that's what retailers and advertisers do really well, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. I know with our retail stores in the telecom industry that we were in mm-hmm. at the time, between Thanksgiving and in and the end of the year, so those six weeks or so, forty mm-hmm. percent of our profits for that year. It were, that that time of year was responsible for forty percent of the yeah. annual profits. Yeah, absolutely. That's how important that. T- that's why they call it Black Friday. It's mm-hmm. the it's the time of year where the the retail stores go from red to black on their books because the frenzy commences, and yeah. then we start playing around. In fact, I, I remember starting in February is when we started having holiday planning meetings every single week so we could talk about the marketing and advertising and staffing yeah. everything led up to those six weeks of the year it is fun that's so true man it's like 10 months of the year it was just this build up 
Yeah, we worked really hard for yeah. 10 months to to try to extract as many dollars as we could from your checking account. Or if you didn't have your checking account, that was okay yeah. because you had credit cards you could put it on, right? Yeah. And uh, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Well, I, I want to throw in here too, man, like th- there, because there's always exceptions to the rule. Um, you know, th- I'm, I, I've here, there's a couple arguments that I've heard about Black Friday. One is, oh, you know, Black Friday, if you're making fun of Black Friday, you're really um, you're making fun of poor people. Who's saying that? Um, I don't know that uh, there was a gentleman at our Washington D.C. documentary event, and he was kind of giving us a hard time for putting the Black Friday stuff in there. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so our documentary starts out with with the Black right. Friday. But but you know, I just want to say that like I don't want to undermine the fact that there might be something that somebody got and they could only afford to get it on Black Friday. But uh, well, but but that's an exception to the rule. The, the the rule is 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 no matter rich or poor it is all over the demographics all are all over the place with people who go and participate with Black Friday sales. Oh yeah, I mean we saw that how many years did we manage retail stores? How many every single year we had to work on Black Friday. There was no question about that. Right. We had to work the entire weekend and I would often work 18 hours a day on Black Friday, mm-hmm. starting out around 3 in the morning handing out those coupons until the very close of business later that day. Yeah. And and so I, I mean, I experience everyone is looking for deals, no matter where they are in the socioeconomic mm-hmm. ladder. We had crazy rich people showing up. Most of the people who showed up, however, were just your everyday middle class people. Yeah. And 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 it's because we get whipped into a frenzy by yeah. advertising, mm-hmm. and and we get uh, what was the word we were talking about on. Um, uh, uh, we were we, we were doing this behind the scenes live on YouTube right before this, which was the most hilarious. It's one of my favorite things we do because they're such hit or miss things. But uh, <laughs> I was reading this thing from Jack Handy, and uh, the word was hornswoggled, and I feel like people are being hornswoggled by advertising. And I don't even know what I was going to say. Do you know what means? hornswoggled means? Man? No, but it feels right, doesn't it? Yeah, no, they definitely are. And the only reason I bring that up, man, is because I really I'm just trying to include all perspectives in this conversation because I've heard a lot of different perspectives but yeah i mean i don't, I can't think of a a perspective in, in which um that, that i can fully align myself with the values of an inanimate corporate body yeah. um and and that's really what's going on here we're, we're being tricked into showing up early um, to camping out at night mm-hmm. to save 20 or 30 or $40 mm-hmm. on these things when the truth is that some of these things that we're buying, we'd be better off without them. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And so let's let's talk about that today. We're, we're diving into some of these holiday shopping questions. And our first question is from Anne-Marie in Buffalo. Black Friday approaches and the ads come out. A lot of the anxiety starts to commence. I've always been the primary shopper in my house, and over the past few years, I've halted showing up for the Black Friday sales. It was no longer becoming enjoyable. The lines were way too long, and the sales weren't even that great. It was taking away time for my family. It was exhausting. Over the years, I have seen Black Fridays turn into Black Thursdays, where this consumerism became a priority over spending Thanksgiving with family and friends. It soon became a sport for the family, and instead of enjoying giblets and gravy with the grandparents, it's more about who's going to get in line to grab the new shiny bright thing at 5 p.m. and be first in line on Thanksgiving Day. Over the years, I've resorted to online shopping, 
But I found every year it's just getting more stressful and less enjoyable, and not to mention that the stress of going into debt looming into January is daunting. My daughter is 10 and is an only child and has all the things she could ever want more. Santa always brings the quote, unquote, the big gift. This year, there's nothing more to give. She wants things that she will soon stop playing with or lose interest six months from now. So our road to minimalism as a family is fairly new, and the concept is still fresh and raw with our family. My question is, how do you talk to a 10-year-old about asking for things of value that she really doesn't understand herself. So I think here's the important thing to know, building off of what you were just talking about a moment ago, Ryan, with respect to socioeconomic class or whatever, I don't think it matters where you are in life if the holidays or if Christmas time is stressing you out, if it's making you and your family anxious, whether you're 10 years old or 110 years old, mm. then you might be doing the holidays wrong. Mm. And I know this from personal experience because I did the holo- I was, I was the ultimate consumer and also the peddling of consumerism, mm. uh, the peddler of consumerism with, with respect to living in the retail world, managing a ton of retail stores. It was my job to get you to buy stuff. I didn't care how much debt you had to go into. Mm. I didn't care uh, uh, what kind of car you drove, what kind of house you were in, where you worked, whether or not you had a job. I didn't care if it made you anxious or didn't make you anxious. It was my job to get that money out of you one way or another mm-hmm. and more the better what was the what was the the big thing that we would track ryan upsells always oh, yeah. upselling bolt-ons. yeah bolt-ons yeah. We, we always need we were 29 different metrics for which we were responsible for yeah. <laughs> and so you wanted to, so a customer comes in to buy item a Mm-hmm. You wanted them to buy item B, C, D, E, all yeah. the way to Z, and then I guess double A and double B. Uh, there were twenty nine items total. Well, that's right? part of the, that's part of the whole sales process, man. Like we would have secret secret shoppers go in there, mm-hmm. and one of the questions we would ask the secret shopper was, "Were you, what other products and services were you offered while you were in the store? Right? And How many times were you asked? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's crazy, man." And, uh, and and so yeah, we we were if no was not enough. We had to find a different way around the the first no and the yeah. second no, and eventually we got to that third no or hopefully a yes. So yes, we we were responsible in a way. It wasn't our intention to create anxiety. Although I come to think about it, it it might have been slightly part of our our aim to create some sort of stress. Mm. Uh, called excitement it's like faux excitement well we definitely were creating stress just with the black friday sale hey uh, you have to be here at this time right. to get this deal doorbuster sales if you're not here then you're going to miss out on this deal right yeah yeah and so uh, we did want to create a false sense of urgency mm-hmm. which amped up the stress levels the anxiety levels and the only way to to sort of step back from that is to realize the absurdity of this mm-hmm. there's an essay in in a book that i'm going to give Anne marie um uh uh, this essay is called Sales Price is Fool's Price mm-hmm. uh, from our book Essential. There's an essay collection with 150 different essays in it, and one of them is just called Fool's Price. <laughs> you know what's funny? Anne-Marie, she's the leader at the Buffalo um, meetup group. Yeah, minimalist.org. minimalist.org meetup group. Yeah. And literally, we just sent her a copy of Essentials for the group. So Anne-Marie will be sending you a second copy of Essentials. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's a great essay. Yeah, I, and, and so I, I think in in the book, 
um, well, there's a whole chapter on on stuff, and there's another chapter on success, mm-hmm. and we talk about one of these things about price. And for me, I avoid sale price whenever possible. Now, hmm. it doesn't mean that I say no. Keep your discount. I don't want it. Right. It means I will not make the sale price the deciding factor right. in my purchase. Yeah, it's not going to, you're not going to let a sales price or a sale, an item on sale make you impulsively buy that item. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I think... Yeah, that, like if, if you need a pair of jeans and you go to, you know, Mission Workshop and they're like, hey, we've got Black Friday, 20% off Cyber Monday and you need the jeans. Right. Like you're not going to just throw away money for the sake of it. Exactly. But if I get an email from Mission Workshop and they're like, act now, it's Cyber Monday. And you're like, maybe I need, I was thinking about maybe getting a pair of jeans in the next six months to a year. I should just get them now. That's the wrong deciding factor. Absolutely. And, and it's encouraging me to buy something that I otherwise wouldn't buy. Yeah, because it's not just the pair of jeans you're going to make that decision with. Yeah, so I'd rather pay full price than fool's price. Yeah. Is the, the ultimate lesson from that essay. But but let's, let's talk a little bit more about this here. Um, so how does what does she do for her ten year old? I mean, it's it's uh, it's something that you know, not having kids. First off, I can give great advice on this. Mm-hmm. Um, just get rid of the kid. No, it's it's something though. I do think about when Mariah and I have kids. I do want to make Christmas time special for mm-hmm. these kids. Um, I mean, I want to make every day special, but I understand the novelty with Christmas and I'm not, you know, I don't want to be all bah humbug. Right. So I don't know, man. How do you, what do you do with Ella? How, how, how do you, um, not just have Christmas day with her, but how do you help her appreciate, uh, the value of things? Well, so she asked about values in particular. And a 10-year-old doesn't have values. Their rev- your, your values are reflected onto them. So mm. as a parent, yeah. they adopt your values, whether you like it or not. Now, good and bad. Now, 10-year-olds have beliefs, right? Ella's five. Mm-hmm. But, but 10-year-olds have a set of beliefs that, are, that tend to be um, uh, similar to your beliefs at this point. Now, pretty soon, they're going to hit puberty, and their, their beliefs will radically diverge from what your beliefs are (laughs) their beliefs are going to be so horny (laughs) yes (laughs) and and uh, well they'll they'll just be hormonal in general too right right? and and so um in fact their beliefs will uh, almost be a direct opposite of whatever yours are but but ultimately their values the core values will be the same they're just going to have some different beliefs about how to get to those values so right now it's about instilling whatever your values are and the only way you can do that is to get really clear on what your values are first if you don't know what your values are it's hard to communicate those express those to your son or daughter Mm -hmm. now here's the thing i will say is that consumerism should never be a priority during any season, whether it's the holiday season or birthdays or whatever. Mm -hmm. However, it has become paramount. It has become the priority of the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Have you got all of your Christmas shopping done? Mm -hmm. Have you checked everything off of your Christmas list? It's become a to-do list, buying gifts for people. Yeah, that doesn't sound like very much fun. No, and and, and it sounds like the wrong kind of value system as well. There's nothing wrong with getting gifts. In fact, we'll make sure that we get Ella some gifts for Christmas, but you know when else I'll get her gifts? Just on a random day. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's January 17th. I got you this thing because you were really good this week and you 
earned it. Mm-hmm. It's also okay to have grace and under, understand that maybe you didn't earn a gift, but I can give you a gift just because I love you or I think this will add value to your life. But it's also good to set up a, a system of earning with, with your children. But when it comes to the holidays, yeah, your kids are going to want some stuff. Mm-hmm. But their value, what they value is different from their values. But what they value right now, you're right. It might change six months from now. Mm. But on a long enough timeline, it's definitely going to change. So what if it changes six months from now? So what if it changes six years from now? I guarantee you, you get them a gift at age 10, Mm -hmm. they're probably not going to still like that gift at age 16. (laughs) And so you're going to have to come to terms with something that you get them now is eventually going to stop adding value to your life. You could say that about clothes. I mean, you know, buy a two-year-old pair of shoes, how long does it take for them to grow out of their shoes? Exactly. And we're going to grow out of our things. And even as adults, Ryan, you and I grow out of our things. Absolutely. And so we have to think of those things as temporary. The question then becomes like, what are you comfortable with? What what time frame are you comfortable with? Because yeah, maybe six months from now, she's going to be tired of that toy. And yep. if if you want to donate it to someone else, great. Or if you don't want to get it, uh, we, we said this on, on the previous episode about excess, but like missing out, it was the fear episode. Missing out is really just letting go in advance. The joy of letting go. Jolo. <laughs> Wait, no. And and there's this coffee <laughs> ring on the table that is driving me crazy. It's driving Jordan. me crazy. Um. All right. We'll let. Do you want to take a? No, no. You can keep going. I'm just gonna clean it up while you. So talk. so you talk about the six month thing, and I'll I'll tell you, man. The the thing that always stands out to me when people ask about kids is I always think about that uh the the, the line from Joshua Becker's book Clutter Free with Kids, and it's it's the line that says we don't want to tell our kids what to do you don't want to like be a dictator Mm -hmm. but you do want to set boundaries for your kids so the question is Anne maria what are the appropriate boundaries for your 10 year old um up into this point it sounds like the floodgate has kind of been open with christmas and gifts so now you have to start setting these boundaries i'll be honest if they're expecting so right this episode is going to come out on black friday or the tuesday before tuesday before black friday so right now might be the wrong time to start setting those boundaries for a 10 year old meaning if they've led if it's led up to this point and and they've had this expectation of what christmas should be to change it a month before christmas i I don't know if 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 that's something that amory can do great if not then i totally understand that too because again like if this is coming out uh uh, right before black friday this kid is expecting christmas to be a certain way Mm -hmm. so uh whether you do it now or whether you do it for next christmas Anne-Marie, set boundaries up. What do those look like? Is it a one-in, one-out rule? Do you explain to your your 10-year-old, hey, I'm happy to get you Christmas gifts. I'll get you whatever you want that you're going to get sick of in six months. However, uh, we need to uh, get rid of just as many things as what we're bringing into the house. I know um, I know a lot of, well, I don't know a lot, but I know a few families who they, they do um, these decluttering parties essentially uh, as a family after Christmas where they have, you know, just a ton of toys and they've got, you know, a, a, a toy chest with toys in there. Mm-hmm. So in the process of combining the toys, they don't just, you know, buy a bigger toy box. They actually will go through and get rid of toys that they don't play with anymore. I mean, they do they do a very deliberate decluttering. You could do something like that. Well, because your kids are going to get value from some toys. Of course. And, and having the appropriate amount. You know, Ella and I did a video on our YouTube channel about this. And and you know, the average kid has th- about 300 toys mm-hmm. in the United States, 
but plays with just 12 daily. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not saying that your kid should have only 12 toys. Maybe some of them should. And by the way, it's different for each kid. Ella doesn't even like that many toys. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier for me to have fewer toys. Now, could that be that she reflects our values? That's mm-hmm. probably part of it. But she also enjoys doing things, do, uh, doing things as, a, as opposed to owning things. So what, kind of, so what kind of boundaries have you and Beck set up for Ella when it comes to presents? Have, ha, have you had to set any boundaries up? Have you had to... Uh, uh, basically explain to her, hey, look, um, this is a line we're not crossing. Yeah, yeah. So, so quite often what we do is the boundaries that we set up are past our own comfort zones. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's an example. There's like this little stool outside the front door that, um, that, that Ella likes to put like sticks and rocks and random things on. She has a little stick collection. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's stupid. Why the hell would you want to like collect sticks? I mean, is she just trying to rub it in my face that she's not a minimalist? <laughs> but no, like she likes having this little, but she knows that it can't go past the, the literal boundaries of this little stool that it sits on. Yeah. We can't say, all right, well, that one's full. Let's get a second stool out here or That's great. let's get a bigger stool. And so there's a literal bound, physical boundary there. The other boundaries have to do with what, with what she holds on to, meaning we constantly reevaluate the things that she is using. So how, how do you explain those boundaries to her? The, the best way to explain it is is when she donates something, she has to understand where it's going. It's mm. not just going to the goodwill. Right. It's going to some other kid who is going to start playing with it because she's not playing with it anymore. And by the right. way, by letting go of it, now she can bring something else in that she will start playing with. Mm-hmm. And so instead of telling her what she can't have or what she can't do or what she shouldn't want, we're, we're letting her know that by letting go, you're making room for something else. Yeah, I love that, man. It's What a good example with the, the stool and the sticks and the rocks because, yes, you, Josh, don't want her collecting sticks and rocks. I would prefer zero sticks or right, rocks. Exactly. But but setting up these boundaries and, and saying uh, yes and instead of just you know looking at someone and saying no. So, but, Anne-Marie, what boundaries can you set up for your kid? Now that I think about it, I think I'm going to get rid of those stupid sticks. <laughs> All right, Anne-Marie, enjoy, enjoy your copy of Essential. It's an essay collection with 150 essays in it. Uh, it sounds like Ryan already sent you the autograph book, but if you want the audio book as well, uh, if you like our podcast, you'll like the audiobook version of Essential Essays by the Minimalists. Sean, if you could reach out to her and maybe see if she wants the audiobook version of that. I feel like we're skipping over something important here, man. Oh, yeah. Here's one thing I would recommend. Yeah. A debt-free Christmas. Yeah, that's a good one. How about that? And and not just for you, but teaching your kid about debt and money. We did this video with Rachel Cruz on our YouTube channel. We'll put a link to this in the show notes, Sean. Um, uh, about teaching your kids to put their money in the three buckets. So if you if they they get 10 bucks from their allowance right mm-hmm. having a portion of it goes to giving mm-hmm. a portion of it goes to saving mm-hmm. and a portion of it goes to spending mm-hmm. the spending thing can be on toys uh the giving thing could be gifts for someone else or mm-hmm. to charity and the saving could be saving for something in their future so yeah you're not going to teach your 10 year old about a roth ira account just yet right but you can teach them about the concept of saving for the future i was what i was thinking was is teaching your kid about having experiences over things so Anne marie could do this with her child whether it's a family vacation 
Or maybe it's like, hey, as a Christmas gift, you get to stay up a little later. Mm. Or maybe you give them an extra bite of ice cream. I don't know. I'm just like throwing some different ideas out there. But I think there are ways you can certainly still give gifts to your 10-year-old. Give them things that they're really going to enjoy. Things that's going to be meaningful to them. uh, Without actually giving them something that's cheaply made out of plastic yeah and i think i think that you can also wrap those up as well with with ella will often wrap up experiences so if we're going to take her to disneyland for example mm-hmm. you can put that in a box in an envelope or several series of box boxes and she's opening them all up minimalist and then with that wrapping paper everywhere there's like the excitement and when we talked to uh, peter rollins about the difference between pleasure and enjoyment mm-hmm. and Part of the experience of the holidays, of enjoying the experiences of the holidays, mm-hmm. is the enjoyment, the anticipation, the, the 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 gift under the tree. One thing that we've done with Ella several times in the past is go Christmas tree hunting. Uh, we were living in Montana, and and we go out, we find the right Christmas tree for five dollars. You get this this permit um, that you can cut down. Basically, that you know the trees are infinite in montana it's a massive massive state you go out and you spend (laughs) even after all those forest fires there's still plenty of trees to cut down for christmas (laughs) well that's the thing like she would go and like want to pick a burnt down tree like how about this one or did did she see this hundred foot tree that's been there for a hundred years can we get this one i'm like ella do you think that one will fit in our living room no probably not and, and then she'd go up to like the little charlie ba- brown tree and like you know it's it's a twig that's coming out of the ground how about we cut down this one and eventually and that's part of the experience so it's not just going to buy a christmas tree it's the entire it's the it's the enjoyment of the entire yeah, going experience. out in the woods looking at trees laughing at her stupid suggestions for trees <laughs> tweeting about her stupid suggestions for trees you can follow her on twitter by the way she's at <laughs> <laughs> at Ella Sandwich is her uh, is her Twitter handle. She says the craziest things, and it's our way that we catalog everything that she says. Instead of having a scrapbook for Ella, we have a Twitter account, and thousands of you follow her musings and maunderings on Twitter. All right, our next question today is from Ryan in Dallas. So this is me and my wife's first holiday season as minimalists, and uh, we're not really struggling with receiving gifts because... Both of our family are willing to try to cut down on what they give us, but we've been struggling with what to get others just because we want to, you know, give people things that will add value to their lives. But with this season, it's so hard to think and figure out what to do. Um, So I just wanted to hear y'all's thoughts on you know, how do y'all, or do y'all even give gifts? Or if you do, how do you know exactly what to get them? Is it best to do like a gift card? You know, it, it's just kind of hard to figure out from my side of how to give the best gift that I can give without going overboard or doing too much or too little. All right, man. Ryan wants us to do the thinking for him. I, 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 we, need I, to, we need to pick out gifts for his yeah. friends and family. Well, the first thing is, have you considered minimalism live a meaningful life? <laughs> it makes a great stocking stuffer. <laughs> and all your minimalism questions will be answered. Let me tell you that if you give out our book, not only will people be thankful... <laughs> But they'll live a more meaningful life. Can you imagine if that? 
<laughs> if all he gave, if all Ryan gave out was copies of Minimalism for Christmas, well, here's and the it was thing. the only gift he handed out. If they read this book, Ryan, yeah. and they'll obviously live a more meaningful life. But the nice thing about getting this as a gift yes you don't even have to read it It, just by having it in your stocking you will begin to live a more meaningful life (laughs) it does the work for you now let me tell you on cyber monday oh my god the price of this book on cyber monday oh my god is the exact same price it is all 365 (laughs) days of the year because we don't buy into that in fact we're charging double for it on cyber monday (laughs) you can pay us more if you want that's right um no, uh, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, if you want to buy a book, I don't always recommend books as as gifts because you're you're actually committing. You're you're asking someone to commit their time to something. Yeah. Um, uh, gifts, uh, books can make decent gifts. Uh, not necessarily our books, but just uh, books in general. If someone wants a book, sure. I mean, books an experience. It, it definitely can be an experience. So, and that's really where Ryan needs to look, right? Um, Gifting experiences. Yeah, well, let's talk about what what kind of experiences to gift. I mean, for me, when I gift an experience, I do a few things. One is uh, concert tickets or or tickets to some sort of event. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's someone who has kids, you can also gift a babysitter for an evening. That is really helpful for folks with kids. That's a great idea. Um, So, and especially if you're you're gifting them an experience. Are you you giving me uh, uh, gift ideas for you and Bex this Christmas? Yes. You know, if you know anyone who's 37 years old and has five-year-old kid, you want to get them, you know, a babysitter and a night out, maybe a nice dinner. Um, but seriously, you can uh, if you're going to give them an evening out, quite often including a babysitter in that is, is really helpful. Now, obviously, it should be a babysitter that they know. You just don't want a random person showing up to their house. Um, Found this guy on Craigslist. <laughs> yes. He charges half of what your babysitter charges I, I don't mean to be sexist but i don't, don't let any guys babysit ella <laughs> <laughs> um man yeah and so uh here's the thing uh I, I think that if you're gifting experiences it has to be something that is intentional something you know they will like so yeah. do they like going to the movies do they like going to a play do they like going to the theater um it's, it's really up to you to determine what is the best gift for them and in order to do that you have to know what they enjoy what experiences they like it's sort of the opposite of what he asked about gift cards gift cards are usually pretty crappy gifts mm. because it's oh i'm at the end of my shopping list i've got six more people to shop for i'm here at the checkout line already let's see i'll grab one tji fridays and one applebee's and oh here's one for best buy and here's an itunes card it's funny because i love gift cards like i love getting them as gifts but none of the gift cards you just mentioned <laughs> right and and, and, and the reason you like getting gift cards is if, if it's for something you'll use. Well, it's it's more about like, pe- yeah, it's for something I use. But people, they want to show their appreciation. So like like when we would go to Zootown Brew uh-huh. and like there's just like a random, hey, some oh, yeah, you're, you're the minimalist guy. Someone called in and bought you a gift card. Uh, they did this for me. I think it was for my birthday maybe. Um, or maybe it was just a thank you. But regardless... I thought that was awesome, man. It's like they got an opportunity to show their appreciation. They got mm-hmm. to get me a gift, and I totally used up every single dollar of that gift card. I remember one particular Christmas, I needed a new refrigerator. So I actually did ask for, it wasn't uh, uh, Best Buy, but it was um, Home Depot. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I need a new refrigerator. 
Give me as many gift cards as you can <laughs> to a particular to a particular place. place. Yeah, right. and, and so that's getting someone something they asked for. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't asking for gift cards. And right, so right, keep right. that in mind. Uh, gift cards are often the opposite of intentional gift giving. Yeah, if, if they're yeah, especially if it's an afterthought. I mean, for for Mariah and I, it's really about gi- gifting something that. Um, Yes, like to show our appreciation t- towards someone, but something that they're going to enjoy. Uh, the majority of people that Mariah and I know, they love coffee. And guess what? We own a coffee shop. Right. How convenient is that? Yeah. So I literally, consumables. yeah, I literally will send, um, I'll get like a case of coffee, like 24 bags of coffee, and we will just hand out coffee and I'll order some chocolate and we'll give out coffee and chocolate for Christmas. That's what we did last year. Um, it was very well received and I've, I got... Um, you know, thank you text messages, you know, a month, two months after the gifts because I, you know, gave them a couple bags of coffee that'll last a little bit for some people. And I'll, you know, I get a text like two months later, like, Hey man, I just want to let you know, I'm still really enjoying this coffee you gave me. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not that hard. It's really not that hard to, if you want to gift someone something, you just have to think about what their preferences are. What can you give them that's going to support their preferences? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, that quite often we do the opposite of that though, right? Yeah. We just say, I have to get something. I have to check this off my list. I know Josh doesn't wear ties, but I'm going to get him a tie clip. This Maybe is, he'll start wearing ties. All right, or, you know, Josh doesn't wear ties, but he likes the color blue. So I'm going to give him a blue tie. It's, at least, it's close enough to his preferences. Right. And that is like, yeah, what an unintentional gift. And that's what we're often doing. We're trying to approximate someone's preferences mm-hmm. as opposed to just figuring out what they want and what's going to add value to their lives because we're often told that gift giving is a love language gift giving is not a love language Mm. what is a love language is adding value to someone's life and we try to do that through the giving of gifts some of those gifts might be physical gifts some of them might be consumables like coffee or chocolate those Mm. are great gifts Uh, other gifts are going to be experiences sometimes your time is the best gift because presence is often the best present amen and so so when we're going through our gift giving list um there's one other thing that we have two other things that we need to think about hmm. and the, the big thing whenever someone's trying to give me a gift now mm-hmm. i ask for them to donate that money to the charity of my choice mm, that's a great great ask right now we're trying to build this uh this grocery store in west dayton you know all of west dayton doesn't have a single grocery store and we're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars to help them finish building this grocery store yeah 40% of the population who lives in Dayton does not have access to groceries. Hundreds of thousands of people yeah. in Dayton, Ohio, which is not a third world no, it's area. The, I mean, it's, it's the 62nd largest city in the country. It's crazy. And uh, there is not a single grocery store on the west side. We're trying to change that. So Ryan and I are personally donating $25,000 of our own money, but we could use your help as well. So if you want to help out with that, um, you can donate directly. Just go to theminimalists.com or you can, slash Dayton. Yes, or you can ask your friends and family uh, for uh, a donation towards that as your Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's exactly what I do. If uh, you don't want to donate to that, there are other good charities as well. If you go to givewell.org, you can always have people donate in your name to the most effective charities in the world, places like the Against Malaria Foundation and others. Here's the other one, though, especially for kids. You know what kids like? Money. <laughs> when I was a kid... That was always the best yeah, dude. Christmas gift. My aunt would send me a card with like $4 in it. I was so excited. 
I remember once. Oh my I, god! <laughs> I had a relative who um, I barely ever saw, um, an uncle, my uncle, but he would give fifty dollars quite often. And oh wow! It, it was unbelievable. He was my wow. favorite relative. <laughs> That's great. Uh, as a kid, because you realize the purchasing power of that thing, because it's so hard for adults to know what a kid really wants. Mm. Because those wants, as we talked about with Anne Marie, those wants change so yeah. considerably over a six month span. But that fifty dollars translated into me getting the things that I wanted because we were poor, man. We didn't have any money and and so my mom would would often get us a good christmas gift Mm -hmm. um the other things we we would do my brother jerome and i uh, we would always do funny christmas gifts for mom i don't know if (laughs) you remember any of this but kind of sort of there was this one one year where like we wrapped up a case of water like bottled water And it was like this massive, it was like you get from like Walmart or Sam's Club or something. And it was this big, heavy, and she thought she's getting this great gift. And she opens it up and it's just a ton of bottled water. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So changing expectations was something we were doing even even as kids. But uh, money is something that's good. And not just for kids, but for people you don't know what to get them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, and sometimes it's the most helpful thing that we can get someone. Mm-hmm. I know there are a few people who work in the apartment building the, that, that I'm in that I know I'm going to hand them a card for Christmas and it's just going to have 20 bucks in it. Mm-hmm. And they'll be a lot more thankful for that mm-hmm. than if... Oh, same here with the, the parking attendant guys Absolutely. who are great to us. Yeah, You better believe they're going to get an envelope from the minimalists for at yeah. Christmas time. Yeah, It's going to be way better than if I got them a tie clip for right. sure. So donate something uh, in someone's name to charity. In fact, if I can't think of something, if I, I can't think of a gift for someone, the first thing I go to is I'm going to donate to charity in their name. Because what are they going to say when they open up that, they get that ch- that, that envelope yeah. with the charitable do- donation. Hey, look, I've made a $100 charitable contribution to the Gym City Market, this co-op in Dayton, Ohio, in your name. You're helping us build this beautiful grocery store give people access to food what are they going to say to you this is crap i wanted i wanted a, a necktie i really wanted a shirt yeah how dare you how dare you where's my tie clip <laughs> that i'm never gonna wear so yeah i, I think that's often that that is yeah. my go-to these days and in fact i'm trying to think other than ella that's what i do for everyone at this mm, point yeah is i donate to charity and so i think that that's a good recommendation uh you start there and if there's a specific need mm-hmm. then but isn't that so much better wouldn't you rather get that look i donated a hundred dollars to the against malaria foundation it's so much better than a hundred dollar gift card to tji fridays yeah I, I i definitely agree with that man and you know i i have bought like in, I have boughten. That's not a word. <laughs> I've bought uh, within the last few years physical items for people. So, you know, it's not like I'm not personally against buying physical gifts. I think the problem is when you can't think of a physical gift to give someone. Mm-hmm. Like that's when you need to, okay, I'm going to back away from this idea of going to the mall and being inspired and buying something physical to give this person. Like you've got to start thinking about the things that we just mentioned. Absolutely. And so I would start there unless there is a physical item that makes sense for that person. Right. And especially for kids, they, they, they often know what they what they want. They will be the first to tell you. They'll make their, their shopping list for fake Santa. Mm-hmm. Ella knows that Santa is fake. She's lost her two front teeth now. Um, 
and and she just the other night uh the second one fell out in the bathtub and yeah. she panicked um <laughs> because like she thought i was gonna go down the drain and and she's like i want to put it on my pillow for the tooth fairy i know mom's really the tooth fairy is that what she said yeah that's great that's funny. um you know, because we don't tell her lies about right. imaginary beings. Isn't that? It's so funny, like how we breaking teach, into our house at night. We teach her, yeah. We teach our kids that lying is bad, but then we lie to them about Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, and then we're like, "Well, it's okay to lie about some things." Right? Yeah, but, and, that's a whole other conversation. But, no, it's a conversation that's worth having very briefly. Like, but we we do play pretend with her just like i'll play i'll pretend be a monster or a dragon with her she knows i'm yeah. not an actual dragon mm -hmm. and we'll do the same for santa and we'll we'll explain to her that santa isn't real but it's really fun to pretend it's that fun he's to believe real. Yeah. yeah yeah all right um Ryan, I'm going to send you a copy. Not you, Ryan, but Ryan from I already, Dallas. I already got whatever whatever copy of our book you're going to send me. I've already got it. This one makes a great stocking stuffer <laughs> as well. Uh, everything that remains it's my favorite thing that we've ever written it's uh, a story about well <clears throat> there's a story in here called the worst Christmas ever oh yeah and I printed it out but I'm not going to read it to you but th there's the the story of, of of little Andy it's based on on a true story we just changed the name here change the name uh, change the, the circumstance and the toy yeah but the the story in there is is a real story and it's it's called the worst christmas ever but it's about getting everything you want as a kid and then realizing it's actually getting more than you asked for as a kid yeah but sometimes that more than what you asked for is not what you wanted right and uh, so there's a story and everything that remains it's a memoir about the five-year journey from us being these suit and tie corporate guys to becoming the minimalists mm -hmm. And so Ryan from Dallas will send you a audiobook version of that, or if you want the book book for a stocking stuffer, <laughs> or you put the book on a on a iPad and then put that in the stocking. I like it. It's the most expensive <laughs> stocking stuffer ever. <laughs> All right, uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. So if you have a comment or a tip about holiday shopping, including advice for any of our callers today, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. We'll air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode. And stay tuned to the end of this episode for this week's listener comments and tips. Ryan, what time is it? It's time for our lightning round! Calm down. Where we answer questions from social media. <laughs> We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> at The Minimalist. During the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I each do our best to answer every question with just a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We also put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And now you can find all of our quotes in one place thanks to our good friend, Jessica Lynn Williams. They're all over at minimalmaxims.com. God love you, Jess. Our first lightning round question is from Tracy. What's the best way to encourage family members whose love language is gift giving to give our kids experiences such as gymnastics instead of more stuff? What are you, what are you choking on over there, buddy? <laughs> I'm choking on the love language gift giving. I, it's so... Uh, yeah. I agree with you. I don't like mocking people, but <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm mocking the, the gift giving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me give you my pithy answer, and then we'll talk about experiences. Mm -hmm. um, of course, you know this is this is an oldie but a goodie, so I pulled this one out of the archives. If gift giving is a love language, then pig Latin is a romance language. So all I'm really saying there is, 
adding value is the real love language. Uh, so the best question to really ask yourself, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with my own question, and that question is, how can you help your family add value to your kids' lives? Yeah, because maybe they don't understand how they can add value, and so they're going to do what they assume to be correct, yeah. and that's gifting some sort of gift because they want to add value. But if they realize the better way to add value is X, then you have to show them what X is. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, my pithy answer is this. You can't force loved ones to support you. All you can do is ask. And Tracy, it's too late to start asking for this Christmas. But wait, like give yourself a two-month break. Yep, and then... Like February-ish? Yeah, then you start talking about... Have your holiday planning meeting in February, just like we did. Genius! But instead of trying to convince people to buy stuff, it's about convincing your family to not buy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really about planting that seed, like, February. Because you don't want to do it in January. People are still, like, returning all their Christmas gifts they didn't Mm -hmm. want because they got way too many gifts. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's Christmas is such a... I feel like there's so many different just feelings you have to, like, dance around with, with Christmas. Whether it's, like giving someone who expects something, getting something from someone who expects you to enjoy this something that they're giving you, Mm. Uh, the expectation of holding on to the gifts. I mean, there are all these just just expectations i feel like we like we have to dance around we have to manage them better yeah during christmas it's uh and it's crazy to think that there's someone in tracy's life who they want to add value so they do this by getting physical items which actually takes away from their life it gets in the way does the exact opposite than add value so maybe that's the conversation that tracy has it's hey i know that you really want to get our family something I know you want to get our kids something and that, you know, you gifting a physical item, this is the way that you want to show your appreciation. Well, if you want to gift us something, uh, just gift us your time or, uh, you know, make us a dinner. You know, it doesn't have to be on Christmas, but yeah, we'll come over for dinner one day or or maybe uh, we'll go out to a movie. I love going to matinees on Christmas. Like that is, I don't know why, but my yeah, grandma. It's always packed there too. I but. know, dude. My grandma, like that was kind of something she's always done mm-hmm. growing up. And like now I've got that like, you know, it's cool to go see a movie on Christmas, but like that nostalgic feeling of like, oh, this is what I, we used to do when I was a kid. Right. But it becomes this sort of uh, um, tradition, family tradition in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can, and that's another cool thing you can do right now is, Traditions are birthed out of today's actions. Ooh, you can tweet that one, Sean. Boom. And, and why not start a new tradition? It doesn't have to be a former tradition that someone else set up for you. You know what? You can set up traditions for yourself. Maybe you do what REI does on Black Friday. You, you know about the Opt Outside campaign. Yeah. In fact, let me let me read about this. We got this essay on our website called Let's Talk About Black Friday, and it, it talks a little bit about that. Here we are in the midst of what is supposedly the most joyous time of year. The holiday shopping season. And yet, well, actually, it says the holiday season. And yet, for most of us, it's the most stressful time of year. At some point, Santa Claus turned corporate and the holiday season turned into the holiday shopping season. Shopping. This one word, although birthed from great intentions, has fundamentally changed our outlook from blissful to grim, from jolly to anxious, from celebrating Christmas to surviving the holidays Mm. it's upsetting and with consumption's vicious inertia 
it seems there's no way for us to exit the speeding train of consumerism. This Friday is the busiest shopping day of the year. Black Friday. There's a little parenthesis here. Boxing Day is the overseas equivalent. It happens the day after Christmas overseas. Retailers prepare months in advance for this day. Preparation that's meant to stimulate our insatiable desire to consume. Doorbuster sales. New products. Giant newspaper ads. TV, radio, billboards. Sale, sale, sale. Early bird specials. One day only. Get the best deal. Act now. While supplies last. See store for details. But as shiny as its facade may be, the pernicious aspects of Black Friday are not few. The pandemonium takes, that takes place on this day is perhaps a broader metaphor for our culture as a whole. Our consumer culture. On this day, we consume gluttonously without regard for the harm we're inflicting on ourselves. On this day, greed becomes ravenous. On this day, we live without real meaning, buying gifts to fill a void we can't fill with material possessions. Black Friday is the day we trample people for things we don't need, the day after being thankful for what we have. Sadly, we participate in this insanity in the name of a holiday, as if buying gifts was an ideal way to celebrate Christmas. But thankfully, we have options. Instead of embracing Black Friday, you can refuse to buy material material items for people to display your love. Rather, you can showcase your love, caring, and affection through daily actions every day, not just holidays. If you want to give gifts, why not gift an experience, a nice meal, tickets to a concert, a sunset on a beach? After all, the best, most loving gift you can give someone is your time and undivided attention. Or, if that doesn't work, Maybe you can buy everyone on your Christmas list a giant trash can so they can throw away all the presents they received but didn't ask for. <laughs> uh, I think the the opt-out side is... Uh, uh, actually, the last line of this essay is about opting outside. Um, what REI does, they close their stores on Black Friday and turn their website off and say, hey, it's time for us to opt outside. Go do something outdoors because... The consumption will still be here the day after the big shopping day. What a good, what a good example, man. Because like just coming from that retail world and loathing Black Friday, mm. just loathing it as a consumer. I've never really experienced it, honestly. Um, but REI to give Black Friday off to their family yeah. or to their, to their to their employees so they could spend time with their family and their friends, like. That's, yeah, good on them. That's awesome. Our next question is from Middle Age Upgrade. I work in marketing. What are the ethical implications of a minimalist trying to convince people to buy things they almost certainly don't need and enticing them with Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales? Yeah, I feel like we've already we've already talked about this. I'll just give you my short answer here. Discontent is birthed at the place where our values don't align with our actions. Yeah, uh, very similar to to mine. So the 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 short answer is money over values is a failed equation. Isn't and that uh, seems the, that's, that's like what what he uh, middle age upgrade here is trying to do here is justify making money, money over their values. Right. I mean, the pithy, I mean, like the, I guess the less pithy answer would be there isn't 
a pithy answer in the world that's going to make us feel better when we put money above our values and beliefs. Yeah, and I th- isn't isn't it strange? Like, it's okay to put money into the equation. Of course, we, you don't want to put it above the values. You can even put it with the values. You can say, "Look, the, my values are important to me, but you know what else is important to me? Feeding my family, right? Putting a roof over their head, putting clothes on their back, sending them to school, yeah, uh, taking care of the people I care about." living a life that has at least the base level of needs that are covered and in order to do that i'm going to have to find i'm gonna have to marry the two i'm gonna have to marry my values with with the earning of an income and sometimes you know what that means ryan that means earning less money yeah you know what? We earn way less money on this podcast because we don't put advertisements on it. Mm-hmm. You and I would make more money off of this podcast than we've ever made in our lives doing anything else if mm. we simply would pepper it with advertisements. Yeah. We could do pre-roll and mid-roll and in-roll and we could do sponsor th- this segment. The right here right now segment is sponsored by Tide. Mm-hmm. Um and, and we could do that, and you and I could literally make a million dollars a year off of advertisements. Yeah, easy. With the number of listeners that we have. Yeah. The, the reason we don't do that isn't because we hate money. No. Money, I would love, if someone wanted to give me a million dollars, I will take your million dollars. Thank you. Of course. If however you say, but I just need you to compromise these yeah. values. I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you have to start putting advertisements into your podcast. Yeah. Then, like, then I'm going to say no, unless you can find a great way that I'm not compromising my values. Dude, if we, let's say we took this year and sold out and just, you know, made as much money as possible. Uh, I, I mean, I would just be the king of who gives a shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you, you know, maybe we could sell out and have a million bucks in the bank or two million bucks in the bank, whatever it may be. But like, man, if you're sitting on... But then what? Yeah, if you're sitting on a pile of $2 million, but you have forsook your values, you forsook your beliefs, you've forsaken the people around you, and what do you... You got nothing but money. I mean, that's... If you have... If, if all you have is money, you're the loneliest person in the world. Well, that was the video we watched. What was that? The, was that the excess podcast yeah we, yeah it was the excess podcast last episode yeah or two episodes ago um we we talked about uh or we played the video where he's like if all you have is money then you're the poorest person in the world yeah and, and so right now we're, what we're talking about is figure out what your values are and it sounds to me like this gentleman here middle age upgrade is struggling because what he's doing for money mm-hmm. doesn't align with the person that he wants to be and that's when we start experiencing that discontent yeah p.s ryan we have one more question here this one's from katie katie says how can we have a clutter-free christmas with kids i want them to have found fond memories of christmas but without all the crap so we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about avoiding buying them crap. We're going to talk about some of the things you can do for your kids specifically. And if you'd like to hear our answer to that question, you can listen to this week's Postscript episode over at the Minimalist Private Podcast feed, available exclusively to our Patreon supporters. So if you want to support this show and keep it 100% advertisement free, then head on over to theminimalists.com support. In addition to our weekly Postscript episodes, the Minimalist Private Podcast feed includes our Ask the Minimalist Anything episodes. We're recording one of those today, actually. You can ask us anything. Unreleased recordings of our live events and the entire back catalog of past private episodes. 
Once you become a supporter, you'll receive a personal link to our private podcast feed so that it plays in the normal podcast player that you're using to listen to this podcast right now. You can find all the details and all the good stuff over at theminimalists.com slash support. And here is a snippet from this week's private postscript episode. When kids expect the world and you well what's that damien rice line um you asked for the mountains and i gave you the sea and like that's sort of the problem right like Mm. kids often want the mountains and we are we go out of our way to give them something equally magnificent but they wanted something that was magnificent but different and so sometimes we have to shape their expectations right yeah and those expectations don't come from well i'm just going to buy you a large amount of crap because i can give you the mountain the the mountain of of junk and you're going to get excited for a moment but an hour later two hours after christmas morning is over Mm. there's a bunch of wrapping paper strewn throughout the living room a bunch of unplayed with new toys and there's one or two things that might be exciting to them. Those are the things you should focus on and let go of the rest. Okay, now it's time for our added value portion of the show. This is where we each talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. So Ryan, you and I were at a concert uh, a couple of weeks ago. We went to Gregory Allen Isikoff. Yes. And the uh, who opened up for them? The Something Reads. The... I don't remember who opened up the 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 girl the girl band. Um, yeah. I, I, okay. I don't well, you keep talking. Name. I'll think of it in a second. Yeah. I, it, was I a, it was a gr- it was a great opener. I never knew their name. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. They they were a solid opener for sure. But uh, I've seen him twice this year. I saw him once in Missoula. I saw him once here in L.A. I've probably seen him four times total. Um, and he always puts on the most amazing show. And so we had this this gal, she came up to us at the beginning of the concert. And she was like, hey, you're the minimalist. I was just listening to your podcast. You should definitely recommend <laughs> going to see Gregory Allen Isakov on your podcast. I'm like, you, you know what? You're right. We should. And plus, he has a new album. So I'm going to rec- if you can't see him in person, if he's not coming to where you are, although he tours all over the place. But if he's not coming to where you are, if he's already been there then uh, you can check out his new album. It's called Evening Machines. And we're going to play, at the end of this episode, we'll play uh, one of my favorite tracks from from that album. It's called Chemicals. We'll play that at the end. We'll, we'll play them out with that. Yeah, that's a great that's a great album. It's I think they're the Wandering Reeds. That's who opened up for them. Anyway, great band. That's also a great band. Uh, man, you know, I've been using the Peloton. So uh, the apartment building that Mariah and I live in, they have two Peloton bikes in the 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 apartment gym there Mm -hmm. so basically peloton is your own private like spinning class yeah so they're super expensive so i'm not recommending that people go out and buy a peloton because if they didn't have them in our gym i'm not sure mariah and i would would uh we definitely wouldn't have two of them (laughs) (laughs) so but what i will recommend is i don't even know where you'd put two of them in that tiny apartment like get rid of your bed yeah i don't even know man but what i will recommend uh is a spinning class like i always thought spinning classes were kind of cheesy mm-hmm. kind of hokey well they are a little bit like i've i've, oh, re- yeah, I've, I've realized that like it's the one place where you have permission to be to uh, be cheesy w- right <laughs> to be platitudinal like if right. you if you really um want to have a career as a karaoke singer mm. then become a a uh, soul cycle instructor right because or, or the peloton instructor or whatever they're always singing along to all the songs and yeah um 
but like you you give them like they they have license to be cheesy and have these aspirational slash inspirational sayings yeah uh, yeah i do it at least twice a week uh, uh i have a bike in, in in our house now but i was going i realized i was spending so much money on soul cycle and plus it's way less convenient like going to the class repeatedly but it's a big purchase so you have to you have to really think it through i talked about it in a previous episode um really considering that purchase we went several months considering it and budgeting for it appropriately mm-hmm. because um what They're i realized expensive, man yeah but 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 it's more expensive to not live a healthy lifestyle, right? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm not even recommending a, a, an actual Peloton. Um, I think though, once you start taking spin classes, then you start to think like, oh, how can I do these at home? Mm-hmm. But like, what what I'm getting at is is a spinning class for me is like the perfect cardio workout mm. because what happens in LA when I go to these uh, circuit training classes when ryan and i go i go with like dr ryan green uh our, our physician and like he's just running circle like i feel like i'm practicing to take the class like one day <laughs> i'll actually be able to take the full class and like keep up <laughs> but until then i just like get a bunch of practices in and be like if i went to go like like play with the utah jazz right now right uh like i'm okay at basketball but but can you imagine like if i went to go just like even like go to practice yeah. with them i i would look stupid yeah it's like me surfing i i don't really surf as much as i practice surfing <laughs> i practice falling off the i surfboard. practice falling off the surfboard but you know uh the, the thing is is like the the spinning class what i love about it is i don't feel i don't feel like i am at the bottom of the pack. It, so it I, I feel like I can be in the middle of the pack, but also the pacing of it is like, it's incredible, man. Like it, I leave feeling energized. It's the only, it's the, it's literally the only exercise that I do where afterwards I'm like, Oh, I want to go lift some weights mm. like that. The first spinning class I ever took was with, was it soul cycle with you and Bex and Nate and Rochelle and, and, and me and Mariah and Dr. Ryan green. And after that class, Mariah and I went and did leg day because like we were so energized oh, wow. from the, from that that cardio but like anyone out there who's looking for just like a good cardio workout uh and looking for something a little bit different i would highly recommend a spinning class it is it's 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 just very invigorating i was gonna say it's fun but it's not fun as much as it is invigorating well and it, i think it's fun <laughs> for a lot of people i think a lot of people really really enjoy it but here's the other thing is I've noticed there's all different skill levels in the class when you go. It's yeah. th- there are people who are less skilled than me, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, uh, somehow, I, <laughs> you know, I can. And break. there are people more skilled than me, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> 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 you, you know I can barely ride a bike. I almost fell off the Peloton the other day. <laughs> you can't even ride a stationary bike. No. What is your I problem? <laughs> Man. But no, what I mean, what I realized is like, like it is, you can go at your own pace, even amongst a class of 30 or 40 people. Mm. Um, and, and you're not required because it's a, it's a darker room and you, you're not forced to like burn yourself out, but right. you will get into that discomfort zone where you want it. It's where you want to be uncomfortable because that's the place from which you're going to grow. And that's what it is that I love about the class, man, is it pushes you just be on your comfort zone mm-hmm. and you get to decide where that is and everyone has a different line of where their comfort zone is but that's that that hit the nail on the head man with the spinning class is it gets you to your comfort zone and just a little bit past yeah 
but that is what is it so energizing about it. And I found that I, I'm competing with myself more than anything. I, right. I, I beat my personal record yesterday, which is really hard for me to do. Like nice. there, there are a few days where I have like these personal, I'm like, how did I do that? And there are other days where I'm so far behind it, but at least I got in the half hour anyway. Right. And that's what you feel good about. Absolutely. Regardless of like, okay, I didn't beat my personal record, but I spent my, my 30 minutes that's, on the bike. That's so funny. Cause you know, when you're pedaling, it always shows you your personal best. Yeah. And I look at that personal best and I'm like, I have no idea how the hell I hit that. Right. Because <laughs> I have not, I have not got there in at least the last two or three weeks. But like, <laughs> looking at that number, I'm like, how did I even get there? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the key is you have to, you have to start out of the gate hot yeah in order to keep up with your with your personal yeah. record yeah. all right let's move on to right here right now so we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists so we got ryan here's what we have for them the special holiday weekend we have thursday we have friday oh my god we have saturday we have sunday let's talk about thursday this thursday <laughs> is thanksgiving yes i tweeted something today ryan i i said i am i am thankful for everything that i don't have <laughs> And uh, I meant that sort of uh, as a double entendre. Like, I'm thankful I don't have a bunch of excess stuff in my life that I got rid of. So I'm thankful I don't have that stuff anymore. Mm. But also, when we talked about about what real love is, when we were talking with Pete Rollins, mm -hmm. uh, real love is is giving what you don't have to someone who doesn't want it. Mm. I'm glad, you know, I don't have... Uh, major sickness. I, I'm glad that I, I don't have... Uh, I was just thinking about me giving you a tie clip. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have a tie clip. Here, this is love, damn it. I'm glad I don't have uh, toxic relationships in my life. I'm, I'm so thankful that... that um, Not for just the things that I have, expressing gratitude for that, but being... I think it's also important to have gratitude for the things we don't want in our lives and yeah. keeping those those things at bay it's so funny man when i get down like i will remind myself of like hey man like you know you've got uh you've got the ability to like run up this mountain right now if you want to or you got the you know it's like i yeah appreciating what you don't have i know exactly what you're saying like hey i've got my health i don't have a sickness lingering over me right now like i can totally eat what i want yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's so important to recognize those things. Yeah, I'm thankful I don't have the corporate career of yesteryear, and yeah. I, I decided to walk away from that. I'm thankful for a lot of things. Now, Ryan, you and I did a, an entire video. Every Wednesday, we do a, a living room conversation. We did a special Thanksgiving uh, conversation called What are the Minimalists Thankful for This Thanksgiving? So you can check that out on our YouTube channel. We'll also put a link to it in the show notes. And then this Friday, this Friday is Black Friday. And, um, well, we're encouraging you all. We're, we're obviously, as we've mentioned, we've partnered up with uh, the Gym City Market. And you can buy a brick on Black Friday. <laughs> so there is a essay on our website right now, theminimalists.com slash brick. Now, a brick costs about a dollar to buy, right? So for every dollar you donate to this, it doesn't go to us. It goes straight to the, the Gym City Market uh, nonprofit organization. Uh, for every dollar you donate, you're essentially buying a brick to build this 
this new building, this new grocery yeah. store on the west side of Dayton. So if you want to contribute, and by the way, you can buy a bunch of other bricks. They make great stocking stuffers. You must act now, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, quite literally. Buy these bricks before they're all bought out. You, you do need to act by the end of the year. That's when we need to try to get this $100,000 to them by the end of this year. Yeah. And so if you want to help out, you could buy bricks for every, literally, you could just donate a dollar, one dollar for everyone on your Christmas list, mm-hmm. then print out the dollar that you donated for them, put it in an envelope, stick it in their stocking or, or give it hand it to them and say look I bought a brick for you and, and on your behalf mm. for this charity we're going to provide food for families mm. in the second hungriest city in the country Dayton Ohio so if you're interested in doing that please help out the minimalists.com slash brick you can buy a brick for Black Friday and then of course this Saturday is screenless Saturday you can find out more about that over at theminimalists.com slash screenless. We've been doing this for over a month now, uh, close to two months at this point, and enjoying the, uh, we're enjoying the process of that. We're learning a whole lot. Uh, I think we'll end up probably doing a whole episode about Screenless Saturdays at some point. Once we've had a, maybe a quarter of Screenless Saturdays under our belt, we could talk a lot about the experiences and how we're going to leverage that knowledge going forward. Yeah, my favorite part is about screenless Saturdays is just the being able to let go of any obligations. It's like Mariah and I w- walked to uh, squirrel from our place. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and 20 minute walk. My favorite restaurant in LA. It took us like probably two hours to walk back. Cause we stopped for coffee and we stopped to go get him tiger, which is on the way and yeah. a couple other places. But it's like, there's uh, like, I'm not beholden to anything on Saturdays. It's like the most important people in my life. If they need to get a hold of me on Saturday, they know that I'm the wrong person to get a hold of if they have an emergency on Saturdays. Right. I'm probably the wrong person to get a hold of if there's an emergency pretty much all the time. Yeah. It, I, mean, I don't know exactly what I'm going to do to help you. Well, it's, it's funny because like I, I figured who it was there like, oh, I put on my, on my out of office reply. Hey, I'm out of town. If this is an emergency, call me. And then I was getting emails back. We're like, oh, it's an emergency, but I don't have your phone number. And they're like, if you don't have my phone number. I'm the wrong person to get a hold of for an emergency that's happening Absolutely. in your life. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, so uh, Screenless Saturdays, theminimalists.com slash screenless. If you want to participate in that, there's three different ways to participate. You can get off social media. You can get off... Um, that, that, that's that, that's the first way. So that's the easiest one, right? The next is I'm going get to get rid of all of the... the um, internet-connected devices. So like the computer, the, the tablet, the phone... Or you can go completely screenless. No TV, no glowing screens whatsoever. And so all the details are over there on our website. And then uh, Simple Sundays. Every Sunday, I'm not sure if you know this, but we send out uh, an email every Sunday from our website. If you're interested in receiving emails from us, usually it's some sort of writing. Like, for example, we we will just put a, a short essay about living simply. Simple advice for simple living. You can find that over at theminimalists.com. Just put your email address at the top. We'll also send you the show notes anytime we put out a new podcast episode. Of course, we'll never send you any promotions or spam or junk or um, we'll never sell your information to advertisers unless they give us a million dollars. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn. All right. Um, if you want to comment on this episode, you can do so over at youtube.com slash the minimalist. There's also several new website uh, websites on our website. <laughs> <laughs> or is it several new websites on our essays? Uh. 
something like that. Uh, a bunch of new writings from The Minimalists over at theminimalists.com. Also on YouTube right now, you can find quickie episodes of The Minimalist Podcast. You can find living room conversations and pre- coming pretty soon, a house tour from The Minimalists. And uh, Ryan, what else you got from us? I got some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, my name is Brittany. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I had a response to the Access Fashionista. Um, I also really enjoy fashion, but also like to keep a smaller closet. I use an app called Sadwell, which is currently free. And you upload your closet, and it picks outfits for you um, according to the weather, which is really nice. And um, it kind of sees what color palette you like and also... Um, with things that you don't normally wear, so then you can kind of get rid of it. What I do with the stuff that I don't wear very often is I trade it out at some place like Crossroads Trading Company or Avalon Exchange with buy, sell, trade, so then you're not adding to um, the landfill with your clothes, and then you're also not buying anything new. Um, it's something that I've been doing for a long time. It's been working pretty well. I understand you want to look cool, but have a smaller closet. Those two um, things really help me. Hi, this is Karis from the Atlanta area. I'm calling about your episode on curation, number 146. When I was 16, I did a couple of pageants. Yeah, no judging there. Uh, One of the questions they asked for the MC to read while contestants walked across the stage was, what do you collect? Since I didn't collect anything, I said, memories best answer ever and help me win for sure it's a great thing to collect doesn't take up any space there's endless space for it there's nothing to maintain really so for those looking to get rid of their current collection try replacing it with a collection of memories i have a comment to follow up uh concerning one of the listeners have about missing pieces having a set or a collection of something that it really had great value to them at one time, but it was missing a piece or two, and they were hesitant to get rid of it. Um, I had a conversation about this very thing, but in a different context with a friend who is an eBay reseller. It's a part-time thing for her. She shops estate sales. And in her experience, the things that sell best are the missing pieces. And she discovered this by accident when she had, a, I think, a Harry Potter DVD collection that had one missing DVD. And she decided to see if anyone else was missing a DVD, maybe one that she had, and they sold quickly. So she can't sell corning wear, for example, dishes, but people will get into bidding wars trying to get the lids that they've been missing. So sometimes missing pieces are missing for you, but the remaining pieces may fill in the blanks for someone else. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. If you have a question for The Minimalist, give us a call, 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. And if you leave here with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. All right, let's play them out, Ryan, with chemicals from Gregory Allen Isakov's new album, Evening Machines. Enjoy that. Unless you're watching this on YouTube, then... uh, Click somewhere. Here or here <laughs> or here. I don't know. See you later.
coffee burns and stomach turns Chemicals and caffeine I saw her bathing in the creek A jealous of the water Are you jealous of the water? It's all right, I call you that I've been running so low, but it ain't all that They say it's the take and give Of it emptiness knows just where I live And emptiness knows me Was it just Can I call In my head Just Can I call In my Gravity gone. I have gravity. 